This is Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler from Golden Reserve. We think of retirement as a mountain, right? You work your way up the mountain, you save, you work hard, and you have a certain advice that gets you to the top. But when you get to the top, everything changes. Climbing that mountain to retirement is only the first step. Do you have what you need to get down Retirement Mountain? Hello again and welcome to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler of Golden Reserve. My name is Randy Cook and I'm here each week with Greg. As we go through exactly what you just heard, we plan for retirement, we save for retirement, we invest for retirement. But when you start into retirement, will the saving and investing do it? Probably not. And that's what we bring up on this show. There's a lot of boulders on the other side of the mountain that we have to avoid. And that's what this show is all about. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Randy. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. And you, you've brought in a longtime friend and business associate with you right now, one of the founding members of Golden Reserve. I have. Tim Stallings is sitting right next to me today, and he has been here since day one, 2010, when we started building Ayler Stallings, man. he, uh, Him and I have gone to law school together and now built these companies together. It's pretty exciting to have him today. See, I'm watching Daredevil right now. So are you Foggy or are you the are you Daredevil? Which one are you? Oh, man, I'm probably the chubby fat guy, and Tim's the better looking, kind of, you know, better hair, all okay. that all that good stuff. Tim, uh, uh, would you say that's true? Yes, okay. I would love that that was true. I don't I don't think that's true. Maybe maybe 10 years ago, I think uh, I was in a little uh, bit better shape, better looking, but uh, yeah, I'll take the compliment. But you guys started this business. We mentioned this in the past. You started it as elder law attorneys. You went into this business as an attorney firm and then found that there were other things that were needed. So, Tim, you get out of college, you go into a law practice, and you decide you're going to go into elder law. Why? Why Why that particular part of, of the business? I think for me, it was just a nice blend of, you know, the opportunity to work with uh, families like the one I grew up in. You know, it's nice to be able to sit down and work with people. I think you go to law school and people assume you're going to end up in the courtroom or, you know, behind a computer screen. But for me, you know, there were a lot of baby boomers and I knew there was some opportunity there and the chance to work with a good buddy and help people out was uh, very enticing for me and elder law, you know, met all of those, uh, all those criteria. So. And Greg, as, as you're putting the business together, you know, you sit down, you, you develop a practice, people start coming to you and then you see, wow, there's gaps here. That's, that's kind of what you've explained. Exactly. I mean, believe it or not, don't tell anybody, when we started Ayler Songs, it was an estate planning firm. Mm -hmm. So we were focusing on what everyone else was focusing on. And Tim and I kept getting the same questions from the type of people we wanted to work with. You know, we weren't looking for the people that had $10 million accounts. We were looking for people like our parents. And when we talked to them, a lot of their biggest concerns were things like, oh, man, what happens if I go in a nursing home? Do I lose my house? Do I lose my farm? And that really kind of opened our eyes. And we said, you know what? We haven't really built too much of the website yet. Let's change the focus <laughs> to elder care law instead of estate planning. And, you know, that led to a lot of other great conversations. I think that's where the market was shifting. And we were lucky enough to be there at the beginning. Well, Tim, it's interesting to me when you get into the area of retirement planning, how all of these things kind of fold into it. You start talking about your investments, then that goes over to tax planning. You start talking about tax planning, and then that, the ball continues to roll down the hill into estate planning. And it, it all kind of goes together. So a lot of us don't need an estate planning attorney in the years when we're going up the mountain, but we certainly need it on the way down. So a lot of people think this is just for rich people. They have they have attorneys and they take care of all this and they have wills and they have trusts. What do you find and, and who needs this and who doesn't? 
Well, I think, you know, we always want to start with the basics. There's certain documents that regardless of where you are in life, everyone needs to have. And, you know, there's four that we focus on. We start with putting together healthcare documents. The, mm-hmm. the two important ones are healthcare private attorney and a living will. Living will is simply the document that states your intentions for life-sustaining treatment if you're permanently unconscious. And the other document, the healthcare power of attorney, is really valuable. It allows your chosen person, often a wife or maybe an adult child, to not only see your medical records but make decisions if you're in a position where you're unable to. Uh, the third document is a financial power of attorney. And, you know, from an elder law standpoint, that document is really the key to helping folks out because, you know, once someone has some health issues, maybe it's some cognitive decline, maybe they got diagnosed with something, you know, that they're, they're dealing with, we want to make sure we have that financial power of attorney so their spouse or their adult children, you know, can help maximize their resources, you know, working with folks like Golden Reserve so that we can protect those assets proactively. Or even in a crisis situation, we can put things in place so we don't impoverish the spouse and they're able to leave the stuff to their children when they pass away. And then lastly, the fourth document, that's a will. You know, whether you're 18 or or 80, you need something in place to document who gets your stuff when you pass away. You also mentioned trust as, you know, a tool just for the rich people. And certainly rich people need trust, you know, but we find that that we use trust as a tool to fix a lot of other issues, not just things that high net worth people deal with. For us, maybe we're doing some special needs planning. Quite commonly, we're using trust to protect assets so that if someone needs nursing home care, they don't lose everything to to that type of a situation. So, you know, for me, I think... um, it's not just for rich people. Uh, a lot of our hard work and middle class folks uh, use trust for other goals as well. So, Greg, as I listened to Tim explain that, I kind of thought all of that was one document. You know, I thought if you had something that took care of your health care and your decisions, but you've outlined there that there's like three, four different documents there that we really need to look at. Absolutely. When you think about these documents, I always like to break them into while I'm alive and when I'm gone. And the power of attorney documents in the living will are really while you're alive documents. Those are the documents that you need some help. You can't do things while you're alive. And I mean, gosh, that has nothing to do with how many zeros are in your bank account, Randy. Mm -hmm. You know, those things are just kind of run of the mill foundational docs that have to be in place. You know, Tim kind of pivoted and talk about things like the will. You know, a lot of times for younger parents, you know, that's important because it outlines guardianship. If something happens to you, kind of who's going to take care of your kids? You know, those are things up the mountain that people need to be thinking about. But when they're going down the mountain, you know, it's where your stuff goes, just like what Tim said. And then, you know, I think the trust question, you know, that's the magic question. I think we're going to talk about a little bit later in the episode. But, you know, those are the big things and some of the, I think, misconceptions that people have that, hey, I, I need to have billions of dollars to have an estate plan. I mean, no, you don't. I mean, you need these basics just to navigate you know, the normal aging, you know, hurdles that everyone faces. So I can tell you that my mom went into memory care. I've mentioned that on the show. She became kept to a point where she couldn't do her checkbook anymore. She wasn't paying her bills. So somebody had to step in and do that for her. I have financial power of attorney. So we could turn that over to me. My brother has it as well. So we can now take care of her financial needs. It's tax season right now. We're taking care of her taxes and and we can do that. But if those documents aren't in place and you try to make a decision, like when, you know, the Medicare bill comes and you got to pay this and they go, well, who's paying this? And you don't have the right documents in place. That becomes an issue, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. 
unfortunately, a lot of people believe just because their you know relative mm. uh, needs some help that they can step in, whether it's their spouse or their parent. But the reality is that's just not true. And in those situations, we have to go in front of the court system and we have to deal with what's known as guardianship, right? which, you know, may ultimately get us to the same place, but it takes a lot, a lot of time and it costs a lot more money to get there than putting uh, simple documents in place. I mean, think about it, Randy, you could do a simple healthcare power attorney, financial power attorney, that's probably three or four pages while, you know, you're well and, and kind of have your faculties and you get that written up and it probably costs a couple hundred bucks or you don't do anything. And now your kids are spending thousands of dollars and everything that happens regarding your bank account has to be approved by the court or any kind of healthcare decisions had to be approved by the court. I mean, it is a nightmare and it can be very easily avoided. So much of this, as we talk about going down the mountain, the big boulders that we talk about, we talk about market risk and we talk about fees. We talk about taxes. We talk about long-term care. We talk about today about having the right legal documents in place. All of this goes under the umbrella of protecting your money. I mean, there are so many things that can happen where people are grabbing at your money and then you run into one of these situations and you don't have the right paperwork in place. That's where money starts going out the door and you go, man, if I would have sat down and put these papers in place two, three years ago, this wouldn't be happening. So that's one of the things that we talk about when we talk about get your roadmap, a roadmap for retirement. This is part of that process, having the correct legal papers in place. We can sit down and have this conversation. You can give us a call or you can go to our website. Let's start that process. Maybe this is the one box that you haven't checked off yet. I don't have the legal power of attorneys. I don't have financial power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a healthcare power of attorney. I don't have these different documents in place and you really do need them. Let's sit down and talk through that. Getyourroadmap.com is our website. Check it out today. We do this complimentary, no obligation. Getyourroadmap.com or call our office at 855-546-2074. That's 855-546-2074. As you age, you should pay a little more attention to your health. As you get closer to retirement, you should pay a little more attention to your money. Suddenly, it's more than just the size of your accounts. It's how are you going to protect it from taxes, market volatility, hidden fees, and the soaring costs of long-term care. That's where the team at Golden Reserve can help. While most financial advisor plans stop at the top of Retirement Mountain, the retirement planners at Golden Reserve are just getting started. Call Golden Reserve for your complimentary Roadmap for Retirement. 855-546-2074. That's 855-546-2074. Or getyourroadmap.com. Welcome back to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler from Golden Reserve. Our guest today is Tim Stallings of Ayler Stallings. This is the where Golden Reserve all kind of started. The, the guys got together and put together an estate planning firm, and they found out, you know what? There's a lot of people that need a lot more, and then all the services that we talk about here on the show is where Golden Reserve has continued to develop. And, and Greg, as you sit down and talk about the important documents that we've talked about here on the show, the legal papers. I mean, that's kind of a hard conversation. We talk about hard conversations, don't we? We do. I mean, we talk about eating the vegetables, Randy. And I think a lot of times the big word that comes into people's mind when they do this is control. Mm 
And they think that if they sign something, they're signing their life away. They're signing their bank accounts away. They're signing, you know, their mortality away. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an emotional, fair kind of thing to navigate for all of us as we're trying to work with, you know, parents that are in retirement or grandparents and giving them a little bit of a pass because that is a hard conversation. And what we want to make sure we reiterate is a lot of these documents like the healthcare power of attorney, the financial power of attorney, the will, the, you know, or a trust, none of that shifts over to the kids or to someone else unless something happens to mom and dad, unless you can't act on behalf of yourself. And we want to make sure that, that it's your backup plan, Randy. You're not signing anything away now. You're not handing over any control at this moment. You're handing it over if down the road you lose your faculties. Gotcha. All right. So, Tim, let me ask you this. There might be people listening to us right now that say, I got that. I, I, I sat down with an attorney or my mom has a will and a trust and, and we've got that all taken care of. Well, then my question would be how long ago and in what state, and are you getting any new help right now? At what point do you have to look at these documents? Is it every couple of years? Does something happen in your life that it becomes outdated? Tell me when we really need to revisit all of this. Well, I think certainly it's worth pausing, you know, once a year at least and thinking, does my estate plan still accomplish my goals? You know, we include lifetime support at Ehler Stallings, so we reach out to our clients once a year to touch base with them and make sure the planning still gets the job done. And if it doesn't, you know, we'll take the steps to make sure that it stays updated because we want the planning to work not just when they sign it, but we want it to work when they need it, which could often be five or, or ten years down the road. With regard to your question about, you know, when should people look and do additional planning or maybe consider doing additional planning. You know, we, we talk about the big five stages where it's time to probably sit back down with an attorney and have those conversations. Certainly when you turn age 18 and you're able to make your own decisions, the second one, when you get married, that often changes things because now you own assets uh, jointly instead of individually. Uh, when people have their first child, uh, we often get calls. I think, you know, Greg and I have done a lot of planning for, for folks that, you know, we went to law school with and are friends with. And, and that often is the, uh, the grown-up moment where they want to make sure that if something happens to them and their spouse, they're able to control not just who gets the money like their child, but when that child was to get it. I think the fourth reason of our big five is, is when someone gets a health diagnosis that was unexpected, something that's going to change the future of their life significantly and they want to plan for that and then lastly number five is retirement you know that's just like you know greg uh, and you randy talk about the importance of looking at your financial plan and how things change significantly at retirement you know we also look at it on the legal side where you know now that you are retired you know what you have you know let's take some steps to get that stuff protected for down the line. So those are, are kind of my big five. I have my little five, too, if we have enough time. <laughs> so, Greg, if you move from another state to Ohio and you already have this in place, or if you're in Ohio and you're going to move to Florida in your retirement, is it time to sit down and talk through this? Because could it possibly happen that your will would be outdated because you're in a different state? It's a great question, and we get it all the time because a lot of people, you know, the snowbirds decide to end up going to Florida or going to the Carolinas or Arizona. What we tell everyone is it depends. Many times the documents in place will function correctly, particularly power of attorneys and other documents will be accepted and used in almost 
all states across America. Now, what we always tell people to do is when you decide to change your residence to Florida or Arizona, take the plan and go get it blessed by a local estate planning attorney. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not going to be a huge cost. They're going to look at the plan and say, this works, this works, or we may need to update this. Sometimes there's some goofy stuff with the health care and the financial power attorneys that require a new document, but those aren't a lot of heavy lifting. And one of the biggest things is how they administer Medicaid. When it comes to protection trusts that we do a lot of that protect assets from the nursing home, you know, Medicaid is a federal program, but it's administered on a state by state basis. So every state has its own nuances and different rules on how they interpret that and how they apply that when there is a unfortunate nursing home event. So, you know, at the end of the day, just make sure that it gets the blessing of a local attorney. And I think that makes everyone feel comfortable. And most times it's pretty nominal, very, very seldom do they have to do a complete rebuild. So, Tim, I, I'm, I'm envisioning me sitting down at a table with you guys and talking through this, and I'm in retirement, and I'm saying, okay, I need to make sure that I split the money up amongst my kids in case I leave this world. But I got a problem here. I got one kid that's doing just fine. They're self-supportive. They're doing very well. I got another one that seems to be okay, but they could use a little help. I got one that's a mess. So what, <laughs> how do I how do I do this fairly and equitably? What does that conversation look like, and what are my options there? That's a tough question for first thing in the morning here, Randy. But uh, I think, uh, you know, we, we obviously want to get to know them. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said equitable, equal and equitable are not always the same. And for us, first, we want to get to know the family. We want to understand what mom and dad's goals are because they're our client at the end of the day. But we also make sure they understand that the decisions that they're making right now are going to affect the relationships of their children when they're long gone. So we want to make sure that if they are you know, taking uh, maybe less traditional distribution and, and things aren't equal to the children, that that's been communicated with the kids. So it's not a big surprise when, you know, someone opens the uh, the binder and is looking at the documents when mom or dad are sick or pass mm-hmm. away, because, you know, we want to make sure that this planning works, you know, for the family, not just for mom and dad, but for multiple generations uh, down the line. I think that's the, the great point, Tim, that most attorneys don't even address. They just dive into the legalese of, well, we can do one third and a delayed distribution and we can do a hundred thousand dollar payment. And at the end of the day, it you know, what Tim said is so right. Like, do you guys understand how this could affect the relationships of your children and who's in charge of the purse strings? And some of the, I think, more mechanical, you know, parts are the only thing that gets attention from most law firms. But if you dig deep and say, what do you really want to accomplish here? Is it worth it to have different standards and going down those roads, I think leads to some really healthy conversations. And it sometimes changes how they were viewing how their kids should receive their money. I mean, we've seen cases, Randy, where families were destroyed over a piano that no one even played. They didn't even care about it. But because of the bereavement process, they're coping with mom and dad, and now they're attaching to items that mom and dad had. I mean, it makes it really hard. So estate planning is really important if you want to keep your family intact and, you know, together after you're gone. And I think most people just use a throwaway and uh, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Well, that's not always the case. And if mom and dad make the decision and then communicate that decision, I think you have an exponentially higher degree of success of keeping your family together in the long run, so long as it's talked to both before your passing and then implemented after your passing. Yeah, you don't think of it that way. You think about protecting your assets, but keeping your family together. You know, that's that's a great legacy for you as well to have these important documents in place and have everybody understanding what they say before that time comes. And 
this is such an important part of our roadmap, our roadmap for retirement. We can put this together for you at no charge. We do this at Golden Reserve at no, no cost or obligation. Give us a call or give us a look on the website. You can go right now, getyourroadmap.com. Getyourroadmap.com for that roadmap for retirement. Or call 855-546-2074. That's 855-546-2074. You need to save a certain amount of money for retirement. Fact. You probably use a financial advisor to help get you there. Fact. And you'll use that same financial advisor that got you to retirement in retirement. Not so fast. At Golden Reserve, we see your retirement journey as a mountain. You save to get to the top with a financial advisor. But getting down has some boulders to look out for. There's the taxes you owed on your IRA, hidden investment fees, and what about the skyrocketing costs of long-term care? Getting down is a different journey than getting up, so you need a different plan and planner. You need a retirement planner from Golden Reserve. Our Roadmap for Retirement is your first step to help navigate these risky boulders on the way down the mountain. Call Golden Reserve today for your complimentary Roadmap for Retirement. 855-546-2074. That's 855-546-2074. Or at GetYourRoadmap.com. Welcome back to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler at Golden Reserve. And our guest today is Tim Stallings, certified elder law attorney. This is where Golden Reserve really started, uh, helping people in this area of their life. And then they realized, you know what? There's a lot of other ways that we can help people get through retirement. We talk about taxes. We talk about market risk. We talk about fees and long-term care. And certainly the legal aspect of this is very important. And Greg, I mean, what's wonderful about Golden Reserve is as you sit down and talk about the money, aspect and the tax aspect, then this starts to come up and you just literally walk down the hall and, and have this conversation as well. Yeah, it really worked out great. You know, when we started, it was just Ayler Stallings, right? It was just a law firm. And as we, you know, Tim and I dug in and we had the luxury of doing a lot of educational seminars. So we met hundreds and hundreds of people very early in our law firm's, I guess, you know, growth pattern. And by doing that, we realized that people were missing a lot of really good financial and tax advice. So we turned around and formed a separate company, you know, a financial company. You know, Ehlers Stallings is the legal piece and Gold Reserve is the financial piece. And now the luxury is that Gold Reserve operates on its own as a financial company and it can knock on the doors of Ehlers Stallings if they need some legal help and then go down and talk to Gold Reserve Tax if they need some tax help. So all of these things, I think, kind of tie together. Yeah, all under the same umbrella of helping you in your retirement years. So let me ask about these one more legal document here and try to get drilled down on the idea of a trust. Greg explains it very well, Tim, that a will is for when you die. A trust is while you're still alive. But from my understanding of looking at this, there are a lot of different kinds of trust. What is a trust and who needs what different kind of trust? Well, Randy, you know, when we talk about trust, we always start with the reason why. Uh, learn the client's goals. But in simple terms, a trust, you can think of it as a holding tank. It's uh, a contract between several different parties, the people who set it up. So we call those folks the grantors. Those are normally our clients, the trustee, which is the folks who have to follow the rules that the grantor set forth. 
And then the beneficiaries, the people who get the stuff when you pass away. Oftentimes when we sit down with prospective clients, there's some confusion. The word trust scares them, you know, but we really want to make sure that they understand that it's very straightforward. They're going to get to decide, you know, who serves in what role and they're going to get to decide what the rules are. And well, we obviously guide them on that. So it's exactly what they want consistent with uh, meeting the goals that they have. So I've heard the term, if you're going to put a trust together, a trust needs to be funded. What does that mean? Wow, that's a, that's a great question, Randy. You know, when we started our firm, Greg mentioned earlier, we met with a lot of folks. And probably the biggest mistake we saw was folks that had taken the time to put together a trust, but really there was nothing in it. So when folks use the word funded, it means that you're simply changing the title from ownership maybe as an individual or as a couple, like your home, and you're having the home owned by your trust. So when we talk about funding, if you set up a trust, you take the time and energy and, and expense to do it, but then you don't put anything in it, an unfunded trust really does nothing for you. Gotcha. I've also heard the words, and see, I'm just throwing words out here, revocable and irrevocable. Tell me what that means. Well, certainly trusts come in two primary flavors, revocable and irrevocable. And, you know, the, the misconception is revocable is good, irrevocable is bad. And as I'm sure your listeners know, if that was the case, no one would do an irrevocable trust. You know, we look at irrevocable as a way to protect things. Irrevocable means nobody can make us revoke it. And we look at that as very positive because when it comes to creditors or things like the nursing home or Medicaid, we don't want the assets in the trust uh, to have to be revoked, if you will, and then spent down. We're protecting them by using things like an irrevocable trust. So then is it a good practice then that I've put a trust together that I put that trust in a place where it can be changed along the way? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing, Randy, but I think it's important to take a step back and start off with the big question of what do you want it to do? Mm -hmm. Like people shouldn't do a trust unless there's a reason, right? Do you want to avoid probate? Well, trust can do that. Certain types of trusts. Do you want to avoid taxes? Well, other trusts can do that. Well, what if you want to protect it from the nursing home? Well, different types of trusts do that. Unfortunately, there isn't a trust that does everything for you. Mm -hmm. So we have to figure out what you, what your primary goal and fear is and then use the right trust for that. Now, the irony is that just because a trust is irrevocable doesn't mean it can't be changed. It just means it can't be revoked. The definition of irrevocable is cannot be revoked. It doesn't mean it be, can't be changed. So when we build our most popular trust is our heritage trust. Our heritage trust allows people to put maybe their home or their farm or their CDs into this trust and then the nursing home can't have access to them. Now that sounds scary because it's an irrevocable trust but the reality is the mom and dad can change the beneficiaries at any time. The mom and dad can change the trustees at any time and oh by by the way, if mom and dad want the assets back, the trustee who a lot of times is their kid can take the asset out and then transfer it back to mom and dad. So while everyone tries to do, I guess, categorize all trusts as the same, they are contracts that are individually built for different needs. And there's a lot of great things that can happen from a protection standpoint if you leverage them correctly. And a lot of times that's for everyday folks. It's not for people that have millions of dollars, but maybe just a $100,000 house and a $200,000 CD. That could be a great Great fit. I'm pretty sure, you know, protecting $300,000 seems like a pretty reasonable thing when you pay three or four grand. 
So, Tim, as we kind of close this out, as you've gone through this segment, there's a lot there that a lot of us just are not experts in. I mean, I I do my thing for 40 years, and this is an area that I need, but I sure don't know very much about it. I think it can be kind of intimidating, and when we go back to what we were talking about, this is one of those subjects that people avoid because it's intimidating. Can we give some people a little guidance along those lines that it doesn't have to be that way? Absolutely, Randy. I I think, you know, we try and be process oriented so that when we start at the beginning, they know what to expect. And the way that we start is a 15 minute call. People are often afraid to reach out to an attorney because they don't know the process. They don't know the fees. So we'll be glad to hop on the phone with them, talk to them for 15 minutes, get an understanding of what they're looking for, make sure we're the right ones to help them out with it. And then, you know, get an appointment scheduled so that we can have those conversations. It certainly can seem complicated when you look at it from a 30,000 foot view. But, you know, we try and work through a series of four meetings where we get to know them. Then we gather information. We put documents in place. And then we sit down with the financial side to, to fund those trusts, often through Golden Reserve. So I also think elder law attorneys are just nicer, Randy. I mean, remember, <laughs> we're like a different type of attorney, right? Like and most people are suing people or going after people or the hard negotiator. I mean, think about what elder law attorneys do all day. We're talking to people that are nervous and we're building plans that are win-wins. So it breeds a different type of attorney experience. So I think people are intimidated because they've had crappy attorney experiences in the past where people were jerks to make it in the elder law field. You got to be pretty nice. I mean, we have a no tie policy, so you're not allowed to even wear a tie in our offices. So we want to make it feel very comfortable and relaxing for people to come in and hopefully be able to share some of their, you know, concerns and family dynamics to us on a pretty quick basis. I always say that many times when you start to talk about retirement, your question is, am I going to be okay? In this particular area, it might be, I know I need this, but I don't know where to start. And if that's your question, that's okay. Let's start here. Go to our website. We offer the Roadmap for Retirement. If you want to get into this area as well, we'd be happy to talk through all the details of it. Here's our website to start, getyourroadmap.com, getyourroadmap.com. Or call our office at 855-546-2074. That's 855-546-2074. Am I going to be okay? It's the most important question you should ask yourself when you get to retirement. A financial advisor will probably answer that question by looking at just one thing, how much you've saved. At Golden Reserve, we believe that's only half the story. Retirement is like a mountain, and you've done a great job getting to the top. But now it will take more than just savings to protect you on the way down from boulders like excessive taxes, fees, market risk, and what may be the biggest risk of all, long-term care. It will take a retirement planner to get you down the mountain at Golden Reserve, we start by building you a customized roadmap for retirement for each of those boulders. Make Golden Reserve your first step in retirement. Call Golden Reserve for your complimentary roadmap for retirement today. 855-546-2074. That's 855-546-2074. Or getyourroadmap.com. 
Welcome once again to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler at Golden Reserve. We are online at GetYourRoadmap.com. If you're looking for some help as you get to and get into retirement, we've got it for you at Golden Reserve, GetYourRoadmap.com. And Greg has a book coming out in the spring. It's called Fire Your Financial Advisor. And I, I guess we know how you feel about that, Greg. You're, you're kind of strong on that side. You know, it's <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to make any friends. You know, my, my mom said when can I not go grocery shopping, Greg? I need to know when this book launches so I can stay at home for a couple months to make sure we don't run into anybody we know. But uh, no, I think it's going to be a story, man. It's going to be a cool story about the last 40 years and how we got here and where we should go. So as I'm putting together stories for the show, I, I refer to myself as Radio Peloton. What I basically do is I get Greg all worked up, get his blood pressure up just enough to be entertaining and then make sure he's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Just making sure I don't stroke out. Exactly right. So I feel like I'm cheating on you here, Greg, because I actually found an article in Financial Advisor magazine. Do you hate me for that? I, I don't know. I mean, let's see where you go with this. <laughs> okay. This was very interesting because this comes from Financial Advisors, and it gives the top 11, not top 10, top 11 reasons why people leave their financial advisor. Now, again, this is coming from financial advisors. So I'm going to zip through this list here and just hit a couple of highlights here. Number one, lack of communication. Number two, you can't get them on the phone. Number three, they believe they are serving their interest above your interest. Why don't we stop right there, Greg? I think that'd be a good place to stop. <laughs> you know what this list could be for? What? It could be for spoiled kids. <laughs> That's what it could be for. That is exactly what I'm reading through this thing is going through my mind. This feels like an entitled, spoiled kid that needs a decent spanking. <laughs> and when I think about the industry, I mean, that's what my book's going to do. We're going to bring the wooden paddle out, man. I mean, mm -hmm. these things couldn't get away. You couldn't get away with these things in any other industry and lack of communication. I mean, you're paying tens of thousands of dollars and someone won't return your phone call. Mm -hmm. They won't they, they won't meet with you. Like, so what what are we paying for, Randy? What, what are they actually doing? And if the industry is starting to, I guess, realize this value proposition versus what they're charging kind of divide, I think it really goes to the, you know, hopefully next stage where people are realizing well first of all they're not calling me back and then their next question is probably like well what are they doing mm -hmm. where am i getting some benefit from this relationship and it goes to them looking and saying you know what i think they're just selling me a bunch of investments and that means that their relationship really wasn't as robust and holistic as they had initially been sold and i think that's where this list and the derivatives of it come from you get any other good ones on there randy oh absolutely i got a quick story for you too because i i've talked to financial advisors and and during the 2000 2008, you know, crisis where the market was falling and was falling. Somebody came in and sat down with a financial advisor and told them this story. They said, I could not get my advisor on the line. I called and I called and I called and they would not take my calls. So I went down to the office and I parked myself in the lobby and I sat there until the person came out and they cracked the door open and they held their portfolio out with their arm and said, you probably need to go someplace else. <laughs> I 
Can you believe that? I well, actually, I can. I wrote a book about it, Randy. I mean, I mean, this oh. is literally the cross their fingers, hope the market goes up so that we can charge whatever we want. But when the market goes down, and the only thing you're doing is selling investments, there's not a lot else to point yeah. to that people are going to say, "Well, shoot, you pick these things, and they're a bunch of dogs." And now they're going to be like, "Well, you know, the market goes up, it goes down. We've had a good ten year run. Don't be greedy. Just keep paying my fees. I mean, just keep riding out the market." You know, like those are the things that kind of make me want to pull my hair out when these lists come to fruition. But yet the masses still use retail financial advisors. Randy, it's crazy. Yeah, we're looking at this list here and this comes from financial advisors. And this is telling people these are some of the reasons that people leave. Now, number five on the list is the one that you hit on all the time. And it's they think they outgrew you. They think they outgrew you. Not that they have outgrown you. They think they have outgrown you. Let's talk about that. Unfortunately, it's probably the opposite, Randy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they didn't outgrow you. You outgrew them. Yeah. And we find that that happens a lot when a financial advising shop has a little bit of success and they start landing some bigger clients. They start trying to offload their lower clients that have smaller accounts because they, quote unquote, don't have the time mm. or they're focusing on bigger accounts and bigger fees. And that's sad, right? You know, like who wants to go somewhere where they know that you're on a clock and the second you find something shiny or bigger, they're going to replace you or deprioritize you, which probably leads to the lack of communication that you read earlier, yeah. or I can't get them on the phone because their quote unquote, a clients are getting all the reps and they're trying to hire a junior advisor or maybe their son's being brought on to then take over all these lower level accounts where you're not getting near the service, but you're paying the same amount, Randy. Yeah. Why do you walk away from a financial advisor? We're looking at this list here and you just hit on two of the next ones it's they reassigned you from your original advisor and they raised the fees on you and this is a hot button this is one of our boulders isn't it it is. I mean, people don't realize the fee consequences in most circumstances because they're not transparent. They're always being netted off, right? If you buy a mutual fund, it's netted off the return. So you never get a bill. You don't have to cut a check out of your checkbook to buy that mutual fund. It is just netted off the returns or added to the losses. And there's no transparency. The same goes for the advisor fees. They are literally taking money out of your account piece by piece. I mean, Randy, I mean, let's think about this. What other facet of life works this way, where you literally give people keys to your bank account, keys to your house and say, you know what, whenever you feel like it, you can take some out. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, think about, let's think about groceries, right? Like, let's say you went to go buy some groceries and then you walked in and you were about to pay and get your credit card out. And they said, no, 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 no. They just took three bags of groceries and then put them behind the table. You're like, wait a second, what groceries did you take? How many did you take? Why did you take that? Well, no one would have an answer. They'd be like, nope, that's just how it is. And to make it worse, that same teller has keys to your house. So what do you see? It's midnight and they're taking, you know, the, the milk, <laughs> the milk chocolate, out, you know, bars out of the freezer. They're taking your favorite tostina chips and walking out the door a couple times a year. You have no idea why they're doing it, when they're doing it or how much they're doing it, but they're doing it. They're taking your stuff without you knowing. And that is how the fee system is set up in the financial industry. It's ludicrous. Yeah. I, the whole idea that if you had to pay, if you had a million dollar account or half a million dollar account, whatever, if you had to pay ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars and you had to stroke that check at the end of the year, 
wouldn't you think twice about what you're getting and really analyze what this advisor is giving you? I think you would, but that's the reason they don't do that, is it? Yeah, I mean, you'd ask. At least you'd ask the question, like, what am I really getting other than a call on my birthday and probably a couple coffees a year? Like, what am I paying tens of thousands of dollars for? And these aren't for multimillionaires. The shocking part is if you have, you know, three hundred dollars or $500,000 in an account, there's a good chance you're paying 1% for your investments and 1% to your advisor, which can equal $10,000 a year, Randy. I mean, when yeah. was the last time our listeners paid $10,000 for anything? anything? Yeah, it's be the biggest yeah. check you write all year, probably, and you don't even realize you're doing it. It's unbelievable. And it's because it's netted off the accounts. It comes off the accounts. It's not a line item. No one knows what they're paying. And that's the way the system was built. It was built to deceive and hide fees from everyday folks' retirement accounts. So we talk about how that's how it's built on the way up the mountain. Saving and investing, that's the soup that you got to swim in on the way up the mountain. But you don't have to deal with that on the way down because that kind of a process and that kind of system doesn't serve you very well, does it? No, I mean, you, your earning days are over. The faucet's turned off. We have to be much more diligent with our retirement dollars. And I think that means no more heavy, you know, fees for investments. I mean, we don't have to take risk in retirement. We've got our retirement savings. Let's make sure that we have a plan to get some moderate growth, but we don't need to pay those big active management fees for mutual funds or, or variable annuities. And we don't have to turn around and pay that advisor all of those big percentages, those AUM wrapper fees or advisory account fees where they're tacking on another 1% for doing who knows what. So, Greg, when we talk about our roadmap for retirement and getting an analysis of this and finding out, you know, what's going out the door that is, you know, I'm not getting any value for. They're just taking my money to watch my money. So you, you actually sit down and do an analysis of that. That's right. When it comes to our roadmap for retirement, one of the most popular tools is called our fee filter. And what we do is we have software, we input every holding in a retiree's portfolio, every investment, every mutual fund, you know, every variable annuity, every type of product that has a fee, we dump it in there. And it spits out a line item by line item to the penny, what they're paying for the investment. And for an extra kicker, it also shows that investment's performance. So you can kind of tick and tie and see, am I getting what I'm paying for? If I I'm paying a higher fee, am I getting a higher return? And looking for those correlations. And people, you know, at first, you know, it sounds exciting, but it can also be pretty frustrating when you see the tallied up costs that you're paying for all these mutual funds or other investments that have higher fees. That can be pretty surprising and, and frustrating. I mean, when you look at what a person has paid over, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of their life, I mean, that number has got to be very high. It, can it actually get into the hundreds of thousands of dollars over that period of time, Greg? Oh, absolutely. And we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars for multimillionaires. If you have under a million dollars of investments, there's a good chance over, you know, five to eight years, you could be hitting that $100,000 mark if you're in variable annuities and actively managed mutual funds. And you say to yourself, what could I do with an extra $100,000 in my retirement? Well, great question. Let's get an analysis of that. Let's start with the roadmap for retirement and get that fee analysis in there so that you know what's going out the door and how maybe we can help you cut that number down, put more of that number into your pocket. Here's how you start. Get your roadmap for retirement. Get your roadmap for retirement. We'll start right there. Let's build that roadmap for retirement and get this information to you. Let's talk about those big boulders in your retirement years. Market risk, fees, 
taxes, and long-term care, all included in the Roadmap for Retirement. Again, getyourroadmap.com. Or call 855-546-2074. That's 855-546-2074. For 30 years, you've been waiting for your retirement account statements to arrive each month. You're happy when it's up, and you're bummed when it's down. That's climbing up Retirement Mountain, but it's no plan for getting down the mountain. At Golden Reserve, our retirement planners focus on protecting your money from the long trip down. Things like high taxes and fees, unnecessary market risk, and the rising cost of long-term care. It's time for the right planner at the right time. It's time to call Golden Reserve. Call for your complimentary roadmap for retirement. 855-546-2074. That's 855-546-2074. Or at GetYourRoadmap.com. Welcome back to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler of Golden Reserve. Online, find us at GetYourRoadmap.com. Let's sit down and build that roadmap for retirement. It takes a different skill set getting up Retirement Mountain. You save, you invest. Now what do you do? There's a lot to deal with on the other side of the mountain, and that's what we talk about here on this show. And we talk about getting help, Greg. You know, you, you say many times that the person who got you there is not the person that will get you through retirement. But if somebody sits down and Googles, I need help with my retirement, you're going to get CPAs and CFPs and CFAs and RIAs and IARs and fiduciaries and fee advisors, and it's like alphabet soup out there. How are you supposed to know? It's maddening. And I think the goal is you're not supposed to know, right? Ah. Unfortunately, the idea is let us, let's flood them with a bunch of highly marketed, you know, designations and certifications in the hope that they won't realize that all we continue to do is sell them investments. Mm. And, you know, I, I can tackle a couple of these, Randy. I mean, the fiduciary question is probably one of the most popular questions that everyone walks in our door and says, are you a fiduciary? I think what the country needs to know is the fiduciary question is really a standard question. So they're asking, are you operating under what is the best interest of a client, which is a fiduciary standard, or the insurance standard, which is a suitability? Is this advice suitable for the client? I mean, it is so subjective, Randy. I mean, yeah. just saying that has to be like, oh, that's the only difference. The SEC requires that every registered investment advisor is a best interest fiduciary. Now, to make this even more of a head scratcher, if you really think about it, how in the world could I sell a front-loaded A-share mutual fund that charges 5.75% and still be called a fiduciary with all the other cheaper, more effective options out there for the client? And that is the right question. I have no idea either <laughs> how that person could be represented as a fiduciary. What I think happened was the mutual fund and advisory lobby is so strong that they forced the SEC to arbitrarily draw a distinction between the investment folks and the insurance folks. So now the insurance folks are, quote unquote, a lesser standard, a suitability standard when they're making recommendations for their clients. And I just think it's all BS. I, I think it's all a muddled mess. And to make it more laughable, if it wasn't confusing enough, I'm not joking. I can walk into a room, Randy. 
and be a fiduciary and sign up a Schwab account and put some stock in it. I can then walk out of the room, grab another application and sell someone an annuity. And in that moment, I am no longer a fiduciary. I am operating under the suitability standard. So it's not exclusive. You can actually be both at any given time, depending on what you're selling to wow. the retiree. Do wow. you believe that? So, it's crazy. So what about, I, I have a friend who just went into retirement within the last six months and he looked at me and he said, I just want to pay somebody $2,000 or whatever it costs. I just want them to put a plan together for me. And I don't want, you know, uh, almost to set it and forget it kind of a mindset. Set me on my course and let me go and I can manage this myself according to the plan that you put together. Is that a reasonable thought? Possibly. I mean, I think he's probably oversimplifying the nuances of retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it's not about just picking stocks. And I don't blame your friend because that's what the market's been preaching for 40 years. So he thinks it's that simple. But what happens if he has a health event? Okay. What happens if he has an IRA that needs some tax advice? You know, what happens if, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen. Family dynamics change, some legal issues. All of those things need support. And unfortunately, there's not a easy, I'm going to push a button and forget it forever. Maybe you can do that with your investments, but you can't do that with your retirement. Gotcha. So now as we go through all of this alphabet soup, here. Is that not the reason that you put Golden Reserve together the way that you did, that you say, it's not just one person who helps you in all these different areas. I need somebody who's going to help me with taxes, and and that is their focus. I need somebody who's going to help me with investments, and that's their focus. I need somebody who's going to help me with law, and that's their focus. We put all these people under one roof. That's exactly right. I mean, I really get fired up. There's one thing that gets my blood pressure the highest. It's all of these designations that are disingenuously kind of pushed out in the market. I mean, CFP is probably the biggest scam of all time. I mean, so many people tout that they're a certified financial planner. And I want to scream because if people really understood what CFP means to the retiree market, you know, they'd feel a lot differently. You know, this company spends $10 million a year, Randy, in marketing. Mm-hmm. The CFP board spends $10 million, and they've done that for the last 10 years. So almost $100 million of their money is marketing to sell those letters. Oh, I've they heard, have, I've heard yeah. those commercials. You have yep. to get a CFP is the ultimate. It's the Mount Everest of financial planning. So you've got to have that person with those letters in back of their name. Right. And I mean, they have 80,000 CFPs across the, you know, the U.S. at $400 a pop. So there's your $32 million. I mean, they are a licensing company, not a financial advisor validating company. And all you do is Google. They are getting sued all the time for not auditing and making sure that their CFPs are of the quote unquote highest standard is which they tout. The reality is, is there's not real any real enforcement at all. You have to really practice for two years as one of their options. I mean, you could be a, I mean, I'm not joking. You could be 24 years old and never have really sat through any real client meetings. As long as you do their quote unquote coursework, you are now a CFP, Randy, 24, 25 year old that has no life experience, no client experience, no retiree experience. No real financial experience, really. You might have been sat as an analyst in a Merrill Lynch closet for two years. But at the end of the day, now you're a CFP because you did some coursework and you can use use some buzzwords like estate planning and taxes. And you've gone through their, you know, their quote unquote process to be vetted. I mean, to me, a real meaningful designation would be someone that's like, hey, I've worked with a thousand retirees over the last 10 years. That to me is a validator. Like how many clients do you have? How many people have you worked with? What is your 
service offering? You know, those are meaningful, real questions that retirees should be digging in when they ask, not a silly question like CFP or some fiduciary standard. To me, it doesn't matter. They've, they've ruined the fiduciary standard because they don't apply it. They don't enforce it. Selling a share mutual funds can never be in the best interest of your client. I don't buy it. You can't convince me otherwise. And same with the CFP, right? They, they want the fancy letters. They want to have the, they you know, the, the, the big plaque when you walk into their, their fancy office, I'm a certified financial planner. Like, what does that mean that you pay $400 a year? Like, I mean, is that really what retirees want when they're making the decision for their life savings? Mm. And don't get me started on the fee-only advisor, Randy. I mean, they're not even trying to lie. They're just saying, we're just going to brag about how we charge you. <laughs> you know, we're just going to say, we're going to charge you 1%, but we promise we won't take any commissions. I mean, that's really the code for fee-only advisor. We don't take commissions. Why are commissions bad? Maybe commissions are good. I don't know. But like, if you're hanging your hat on not selling commissions, but just charging an arbitrary 1% fee for all your advice, I mean, is that really that big a deal? Is that really the route that I want to tout and hang my hat on when I'm trying to choose someone to, to essentially take care of my life savings? Like, no, it's all investment driven. It has nothing to do with their service offering. It has nothing to do with the big boulders in retirement. You know, at Gold Reserve, we are trying to fight back. I mean, that is that is our mission. We are fighting back against this industry who can't get out of their own way and only talk about investment selection. You're listening to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler at Golden Reserve. And you can find us online, getyourroadmap.com. If you are confused by all this, and as Greg goes through this, it's almost as if this industry has built it to be confusing. And we're going to get into that in just a second here. But if you are confused as to where you want to go, to get help for retirement, why not sit down with a team that does exactly what Greg is talking about? Someone who's worked with thousands of retirees. GetYourRoadmap.com. We offer what we call the Roadmap for Retirement. Let's talk about some of the things past the investments. Sure, we're going to talk about growing and protecting your money. But why are all these other people not talking about taxes? Why do you think that there's a disclaimer at the end of all of these commercials that says, we do not give tax or legal advice? Well, Greg has built a business on including that into retirement planning. Taxes, fees, market risk, long-term care. Let's talk through all of these areas and get that umbrella over the top of you. Give us a look at our website, getyourroadmap.com. Getyourroadmap.com. So, Greg, as I mentioned, it's almost as if, and you, you've said this before, that the financial industry really bloomed as soon as pensions started going away. And they told us, here's this wonderful 401k thing. Now you have control of your money. And then financial advisors started popping up everywhere to fill in that gap because you can't do it yourself. And they basically told us that, didn't they? They did. And it was the perfect storm, right? You know, at the time, there was no information available. There was no internet in the 80s. And because of that, everyday retirees, you know, factory workers, factory managers, administrators, teachers, they had all of these accounts now that needed to be managed. And when you look at what happened, they essentially said, just trust us. You know, the local, the, the local, you know, shingle got hung and they walked them in and said, here's what we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. Of course, their heads were spinning. They received their first financial statement ever. They didn't have any idea what mutual funds were or how they worked, but they did trust that person because it was a person of the local community. 
community usually. And because of that, that financial industry built a game plan to say, you know what? As long as we net off the fees and don't rub it in their face and hopefully make them just a couple bucks, all these humps will take it. All of the working American class will take it. They'll never be, they'll never figure it out. They'll never be smarter. And now that we have information, Randy, they're trying to mask it with fiduciary questions, fee-only advisors, CFPs. They're trying to get you to look somewhere else versus looking right at them of what they're doing and how they're charging. If you sit down with somebody and do the analysis, you do the fee analysis, and then if somebody takes a look at their 401k and sees all that money leaking out and, and seemingly nobody's been doing anything to earn that money, do people actually get angry at the conference table when they see some of this? I think, you know, you believe it or not, you see anger. You also see a little bit of embarrassment. You know, okay. at the end of the day, when you choose a financial advisor, that was a decision you made. And no one really wants to have it rubbed in their face. So we make it very easy. We tell them it happens to everyone, right? This is an industry problem, not a you problem. You had nowhere else to go. And that usually appeases them. That makes them feel a little less like, oh, man, I really screwed up and, and lost this extra dollars because they were charging me 2% a year. And we said, you know what? That's okay. The system was built to deceive people that are essentially not financial folks. How would you know? Mm -hmm. You know, unless you have a doctorate in, you know, fee statements, there's no way you could dissect that prospectus and the expense ratios and all the things that go into how they mass these fees. And now with revenue sharing, it becomes almost impossible to figure out what's really going on behind that financial curtain with your money because they're, they're kind of doing kickbacks now, Randy. So now it's getting even harder for them to understand what's really going on with their retirement dollars. So yeah, that whole prospectus thing. I mean, I've got those things in the mail. Who looks at that? That's circular file stuff right there you know i mean who looks and they're they're basically it's a cya i told you how much we're charging you it's buried down in that prospectus in small real print and and that is not the kind of transparency that you're after when you're planning for retirement again this is that that system that they've built to get us up to the oh. mountain and then they figure that we're going to be fine going down the other side and it's not necessarily the case no i mean and if the financial industry is the villain then the U.S. government's the villain's assistant, yeah. right? Or the villain's, you know, sidekick. Because shame on them. This was an easy fix. There could have been easy, transparent ways to charge and not charge for this advice along the way. But the financial lobby is so strong. I mean, we're talking about trillions of dollars here that they kept doing half measures like this weird fiduciary or another disclosure statement or all these, these little half things that really don't account to any real benefit for retirees. They just make, they, they, they make for good theater, right? You can post, oh, the government passes another law to protect retirees, which really equates to, wow, another one of the 87 disclosures I sign when I'm signing up with a financial advisor that I have no idea what it means. And that's all it really is, is just another disclosure. And at the end of the day, the retiree gets screwed once again. If you don't know where to start, why don't you give us a call or look at our website? Let's sit down and build that roadmap for retirement. Saving and investing, that's the beginning of it. That's getting you to retirement. On the way down retirement mountain, you're going to deal with a bunch more. And saving and investing very much may not get it done. We're going to talk about market risk and protecting your money. We're going to talk about the fees that are leaking out that these people are charging. What can we do about that? What about taxes in retirement? You pay your taxes every April 15th or on your check. There's a new dynamic with taxes in retirement. 
And then the big boulder that we talk about all the time, long-term care. You want to talk about protecting your money. How do you protect yourself against the unbelievable cost of long-term care? Let's have that conversation. And that is what the Roadmap for Retirement is all about. You can give us a call or go to our website. Make it real easy for you right now. GetYourRoadmap.com. Go there right now getyourroadmap.com. Let's get a date on a calendar and sit down and talk through some of the details. If you've been wondering how retirement is going to work, let's give you some of those answers. Getyourroadmap.com or call our office at 855-546-2074. That's 855-546-2074. That is all the time we have today for Expedition Retirement. We hope you'll join us next week right here. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler. To learn more about getting the help you need to and through retirement, go to GetYourRoadmap.com. Investment advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives at Golden Reserve RIA, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed are not designed nor intended to be applicable to any person's individual circumstances. It should not be considered as investment advice, nor does it constitute a recommendation that anyone engage in or refrain from a particular course of action. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Golden Golden Reserve is licensed in your state, please contact their office. Golden Reserve RIA, LLC, Golden Reserve LLC, Golden Reserve Tax LLC, and Ayler Stallings LLC are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. Legal services offered by Ayler Stallings LLC. Tax services offered through Golden Reserve Tax LLC. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through licensed professionals at Golden Reserve LLC, NPN Insurance License Number 1655411.